Welcome to the Philip Wiley Show. Take a look behind the curtain of professional hacking and hear compelling discussions with guests from diverse backgrounds who share a common curiosity and passion for challenges and their job. And now, here's your host, offensive security professional, educator, mentor, and author, Philip Wiley. Hello, and welcome to the episode of the Philip Wiley Show. Today, I have Jake from Trimark joining. Uh, Jake and I have been connected on social media and LinkedIn for a while, but we got to speak for the first time on the Trimark stream uh, last week, which I was uh, had an honor of being on. It was a good time and and thought I should have uh, Jake on the, the show. So thanks for joining, Jake. Yeah, no problem, Phil. Like You were one of my first InfoSec follows. I got to say that. Um, oh, cool. When... I had a Twitter account for a long time and it was just kind of like weirdo humor. And then I was like, Hmm, what's this infosec thing all about? And who knew I need to follow? And Philip Wiley was one of the oh, first nice. ones. So yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So why don't, for our listeners, why don't you share your, your background kind of tell us a little bit about your, give us your, your hacker origin story. <laughs> well, <laughs> th that term hacker still like I'm so blue now at this point. Like yeah. I still have trouble get holding on to that title. And you had Brandon on a little bit ago. Yeah. I'm not sure when his is going to air versus mine, but you know, he's really pushing for you're a hacker. If no matter what you do, you're, you're a hacker, yeah. but yeah, we, it's still, it's still a little hard for me. And yeah. even though I know that I do the things that like hackers do, it's like, yeah. I don't know why. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. so uh, I normally introduce myself as a recovering sysadmin. Um, so I was one of those kids, uh, you know, age of four, I remember playing on my, my grandparents, uh, Commodore 64 and like typing in basic from a, from a magazine, you know, and just mm -hmm. not knowing what I'm typing in, but then hitting run at the end. And, you know, it makes something happen on the screen and I'm like, Ooh, that's cool. What happens if I change this little thing? Um, and so like anytime I was near a computer grandparents house, you know, generally like play around with a computer and just kind of seemed cool. And then high school, mid nineties, uh, my uncle got a computer and he lived right across the street from me. So I was like, what's this about? The internet was, you know, available now. Uh, I think he got internet access in 95. And so I, you know, found this thing called IRC and, uh, whew, that introduced me to a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, playing around on undernet and uh, yeah, it was just, yeah. Um, so I then went to school for a little while for chemical engineering and then transferred to computer science. And mostly I was just using a fast internet connection in my dorm. Really, that's, that's all I was doing was paying, you know, college tuition to have access to a fast internet connection and just <laughs> kept playing around on computers. And I would be the guy that, you know, People brought their broken computers to, and here, can you fix this? Um, I was one of the kids that figured out that uh, open SMB shares existed in our dorm. You know, we Windows 95, 98, like, you know, C drive is uh, shared by default. Hey, let's see what we can find on other people's computers. Um, and then around 2000, about 2000, I uh, started working basically help desk tier one support for a uh, cable modem company worked there for about three years uh just kind of you know getting 
the basic understanding of how to do troubleshooting, the troubleshooting process. If this, then that, if this, then that, you know, don't skip right to the end of what you think the problem <laughs> is. Start at the beginning and work your way through the, the issue. Um, and then uh, I got, uh, we'll just say the released from that job. <laughs> I was, I was a, you know, a, a worthless early 20 something kid. And just I got fired for not showing up basically is what it boils down to. Um, but luckily a friend of mine had just opened up a quote unquote security focused consulting company, which basically meant that we sold custom built firewalls built on Red Hat Linux with IP tables. Uh, you know, open swan for VPN, which was pretty cool. You know, we had these little, we, we would configure, um, little WRT 54 G's as VPN endpoints that would automatically dial into our, you know, these, these firewalls that we built, um, worked there for a couple of years and then, uh, moved over to, I actually got hired by one of my customers, um, to be just basically a, a, a sysadmin at that point. Um, it was a local government, uh, and I started, I, I had no real idea of what sysadmin-ness was. I mean, I was, you know, coming from consulting where I had to drop in for four hours and fix somebody's whatever. And, you know, I had built one active directory, um, system, uh, no two in that, that consulting job. And I saw that this, this new place had active directory. I was like, oh, I kind of know what that is. I will play around with that. <laughs> um, and over my 16 years at that company, I slowly just kind of learned how to do everything there. I mean, I was in contact with the phone system and the billing system and the physical security. And one of your most recent guests, I forget who it was, was talking about the convergence of, you know, physical and, and uh, information security and how those are, you know, coming together more and more through, through identity. So it was like, yeah, I just had my hands on all these things and you did sysadmin stuff for a while. You know what it's like, mm -hmm. yep. you know, yep. it's, you, you have to know a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. So 2020 rolls around and then this, um, this thing happened. I don't know if you heard about it, but, uh, I had to work from home for a little while <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it was about three months and uh, we got called back into my, you know, into the office in June of 2020, which to me, a little bit early, just, yeah. you know, just saying. Um, but I really got the taste for the, the work from home life. Like I was much more productive just being able to kind of focus in and get, get in the flow a lot more. And that was something that I was not able to do when I was working in an office with coworkers near me and that sort of thing. So I realized, you know, I need to start thinking about getting a job where I work from home. Okay. A couple months later, the Florida wastewater plant attack or water plant attack happened um, where somebody had an open team viewer session, I believe it was, and the team viewer password was shared out. And it was really simple. And, you know, the guy's watching him, watching the attacker add chemicals or whatever to the, uh, to the water system. Well, the city that I work for was also a utility. So we did water, we had electric. And so immediately our utilities director is like, we need to get, we need to get our security levels up like immediately, like the, no question about this. Suddenly there was a lot of money to do stuff, et cetera. So I kind of got back into the things that I was doing before I started working for the local government, 
thinking about, you know, how to secure things in preparation for like, basically we, we had a security assessment coming, like, how do I secure all of our stuff before the security assessors come in and laugh at us? Because I know we are not doing things the right way. And that sort of like lit the fire under me to be like, this is really where you need to be, buddy. You need to be back working in the security side of things. Um, so I tried to push for a new role to be created. We didn't have a security officer. We, you know, we, we were a team of three people in, in a local government. Like I had a couple of people that occasionally helped here and there out of other departments, but it was like three people, you know, but none of us were specifically for security. And you know what happens when nobody is specifically for security. That means no one is yep. for security, right? <laughs> yep. So tried to push for that uh, to be created and got no real buy-in at all. And then um, this this guy, uh, Sean Metcalf, yeah, uh, <laughs> he posted, <laughs> I, I remember it to the day, May 17th, 2021, posted a tweet, said, hey, if anybody's looking to break into security and, you know, has been working in an operations or administration role with Active Directory and Azure AD, please contact me. Let me know, you know, what you want to or how I can help you. And I just, I DM'd him and said, hey, you know, these are the things I've been working on. Um, and I, I, I need to get out. I need, I need to work somewhere that's a little more receptive to my skills. And um, we had a quick phone call, maybe, uh, maybe a week later. And he's like, do you have a resume? I'm like, I'm not really looking for a job, but I can put one together. And then I sent him the resume and we had another talk. And he's like, okay, um, say Active Directory a lot more in there. I was like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> and then <laughs> I sent it back to him again. He's like, okay, I'm going to send this over to uh, our, our director of services, Scott Blake. And I'm like, wait, what? What's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> and so I uh, had an interview with Scott and then had another interview with, uh, with Sean and Scott. And I was hired. It was like, what, what just happened? It was really kind of a whirlwind. So started working in, uh, at Trimark in August of 2021. And um, within about two months, they were like, you obviously have a really good grasp on Active Directory security. You're, you're, you know, I was hired to do reports, assessments for companies. You, you understand Active Directory. You're really, your reports are coming through really cleanly. Would you like to be considered a subject matter expert? And I was like, yes, I would. Let's do this. <laughs> and and uh, so we kind of just took it from there. Um, then about uh, November of last year, um, I was promoted to the Active Directory Security Assessment Service Lead. So I basically handle uh, QA of every report that comes through. I'm kind of part of the team that, that does QA. And then I sit on a panel whenever we review reports before delivery. And then I also kind of lead the direction of the service itself uh, and also now I'm considered the head developer. So kind of do a little bit of everything related to the service. So um, that's a roundabout way to see. I still don't consider myself a hacker, kind of more of just a, <laughs> an overall nerd. Just, is that yeah, a good I, intro? I, <laughs> yeah, I, I can say for sure you got the hacker mindset, if, if not anything else, you know, because one of the things <laughs> when we think about hackers, when you think of the true meaning, the original meaning of hackers, it's people like to tinker with stuff, make things do uh, things it wasn't intended to do, you know, enhancing capabilities and that sort of thing. So 
Yeah, to me, you're a hacker. You've got the hacker mindset. <laughs> <laughs> the um, my my daughter uh, just a couple months ago was was playing on her iPad and she's like, "Hey, Dad, look at this!" And she shows me like something in Netflix. That, I don't know if it was just a temporary glitch or whatever. She's like, "Look what happens when I tap here," and it like took her to some other section. Just and everything was all kind of twisted around, and she could get access to stuff that she wasn't you know, you wouldn't normally see. And I was like, good job, hacker. She's like, what? what? I'm not hacking. <laughs> like, you know, that kind of is. You're, you know, playing yeah. around, just kind of touching and feeling and figuring out how stuff works. And yeah, that's that's what hacking is. So um, why I can't self-apply that, I don't know. But <laughs> So did she uh, write that up for a bug bounty? <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing was like, we went back and then tried it, you know, two days later. And, you know, they, they update so often that... Yeah. It was it was gone, whatever it was. I don't even really remember what it was. I was just kind of happy that that she was playing around. So yeah, yeah, that's cool. She's curious. That's that's good to have that analytical, curious mind like that. It's okay. kind of funny find, finding bugs like that. I've done that a couple times with Apple devices on an iPhone. Like several years ago, I was goofing around with my phone. And I was able to bypass. I think the actually back when they're using the thumbprint authentication. Mm -hmm. I did something to bypass that, but then Apple said, yeah, if you could get a camera and record it, so anytime it would happen, I'd be away from home, no access to a video <laughs> camera. So I was never able to prove it. And then I ran into that a couple times on an Apple Watch where I typed in the first one or two characters of my passcode and then accidentally touched somewhere else. And I was logged in without putting in the full passcode, but you know, Ooh. just not able to replicate it. Oh, man, <laughs> that's always the problem too, isn't it? It's like... Yeah, I one of the uh, I, I did submit a vulnerability report to one of our vendors at my last job. Uh, it was actually like um, third party uh, credit card processing company, and our one of our our uh, I don't remember what billing billing assistants. Um, you know, she's like, hey, I'm trying to get into this customer's account. It's giving me a weird error. And she, not thinking, just sends me the URL of what she's trying to access. I mean, that makes sense, right? I can't get into this. Here's the URL. I click it. No authentication. Just go drop right into her account and drop, you know, right into this user's just everything. Keys to the kingdom right there. I believe social security numbers are like, you know, probably shoe size and credit card numbers and, you know, mother's maiden name all right there. Um and, you know, so I took the time to, okay, let me, let me walk through this and see if I can verify that I can do this again. And I can do it again and again, a couple days, sent the email off screenshots, did the whole, you know, thing that I could do. I'm just, you know, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to hack you. This is, this is just, you know, nice, nice guy to nice guy, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and never got a response and promptly forgot about it because something shiny came by. And, uh, yeah, finally thought about it again, <clears throat> excuse me, and went back to check and couldn't, couldn't drop back in again. And I was like, okay, you didn't need to say thank you, but I'm glad that you fixed the, the thing. Like, that's really all I care about. So that's why I really like working at Trimark is like, we're just trying to fix stuff. Like, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't, I, I, we've got some red teamers on our, on our staff that are always like, Ooh, how can you, how can you get around that? How can you do this? And I'm like, that's just not my mindset anymore. And that's, I think that's the part that makes me not feel hackerish is like, I'm not trying to get around stuff, but mm -hmm. I still like finding interesting paths in stuff, you know? Yeah. 
so yeah, pretty pretty cool your your background starting out with help desk into sysadmin. For those anyone trying to get into this industry, I think a lot of times it's undervalued that sysadmin experience because you know if you are working as a pen tester, you get a shell to a system. If you know the command line, you're going to do a lot better than if you don't. You know, you can in some cases if you got right privileges, you can shut down firewalls, shut down services, you know, do certain things. But if you don't know, then you're going to be and you have that pen testing role. And you're trying to do, you're going to be doing a lot more Googling and it's going to kind of slow down <laughs> your, your efforts, but definitely having that sysadmin background is helpful. I think the thing that really helped me out the most was um, even before the pandemic hit, uh, I really tried to figure out how to do my job with the least amount of repetitive effort. And so, you know, I'm, I'm building out back then batch files, you know, um, I skipped right over VBA and went right into, uh, right into PowerShell. And I'm sitting there just, you know, like, how can I automate my job? How can I get my time checking logs and, you know, just checking stuff? How can I cut down on that time? And how can I apply that, uh, that knowledge then onto my next task? And how can I start at the beginning with automating this task? And, and scripting it. And um, yeah, that to me has helped me in my in my roles there and, and now at Trimark so much just because in order to really get those things automated, you really have to understand them at a deep level. Um, you know, especially when you're dealing with act like I wrote scripting to my company would not pay. They wanted they wanted signatures in every email, you know, just an a consistent signature for every employee, but wouldn't pay for, you know, whatever service would do that. Um, we were still uh, using on-prem exchange at the time. And so, you know, they wouldn't pay for that. And I was like, well, you know what? This can't be that hard. You, you know, you take a little HTML file and you replace some text in the various parts, you know, and we have all that information in Active Directory. Let's just pull that all out and put it into a, these HTML files. And it was like a, probably a three-day process of learning PowerShell <laughs> enough to, you know, just, just enough to get that, get that done. Um, and then, yeah. So that sort of thing really kind of, I had to touch a lot in Active Directory way more than I wanted to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> another thing was, was our Active Directory at that old job was built in, in the year 2000 and was migrated from an NT4 domain. Like it was, okay. it's OG. You know what I mean? Like, yep, it is old. Yep. <laughs> uh, and my boss, he built according to the best standards of the time. Well, mm -hmm. by the time I took over and started to handle things around probably 2012, 2013, well, the standards are a little different now at this time. Yep. <laughs> and so having to rebuild everything, um, you know, and I, I'm cursing his name the entire time, but that now coming thinking of it now, he did the best he could at the time. You know, it was just, yeah. it's a different time. But uh, rebuilding an active directory to your own standards really gets you, uh, really gets you deep into it and really gets you hands on. So that is where, yeah, I think that's why I can handle, <laughs> handle it now. <laughs> so that's good. That's, that's sometimes those kind of uh, painful moments are, are pretty helpful. That's kind of like one of my, it was like my third sysadmin job. The other jobs I had were were installing NetWare servers 
Ooh, I'm and sorry. Windows, and like Windows <laughs> 95. So they were like companies doing win, uh, NetWare and, and uh, Windows 95 rollouts. And one of the things about it was those were easy. And then I got this job that was actually troubleshooting. So it was support. It wasn't just building servers. And I remember that environment was so unstable to begin with that things were crashing all the time. There were like three of us in the group. They had a couple of junior people. So whenever they were on call, basically we're all on call. And you know, <laughs> things were constantly breaking, getting called in all hours of night. And I was close to quitting. And I thought, you know, I need to go somewhere else. This is too much. But then I stopped and thought, I got, you know, over a year's worth of experience doing a lot of installs. I could install my sleep. I was lacking that troubleshooting piece. So I kind of, uh, you know, stressed, you know, kind of strained through it. And, and, and once I got through, I picked up those, those uh, troubleshooting skills. And I think that's one thing that some people kind of underestimate because I think when you learn those troubleshooting skills, I think it's something that can be applied to, to hacking is something things don't always work right the first time. So you have to keep goof around tweaking until you finally get it to work. So I think it's something that's underestimated sometimes. There's a, there's a patience that comes from all of that too, is instead of getting flustered, you know, if, if things are not, you're following a document online and, you know, you get to a part and you're like, you run the command that they give you and well, that's a weird error. Should I expect that? I don't know. Okay. Let, what happens if I modify it a little bit? Was there a typo in there? And instead of just immediately freaking out and moving on to something else, like just kind of poking and prodding until, until it works the way you want it to. Yeah. Love that. Love that stuff quite a lot. So for someone that's wanting to get into a role doing like active directory security, what would you recommend? Whew. I mean, work in a small government that can't afford uh, enough people <laughs> and you will, you will learn it by default. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I mean, I can't toot my boss's horn enough. ADsecurity.org. I mean, it's really it, build yourself a lab, uh, stand up to two domain controllers and two different, you know, create a trust between the two of them and just go to town on it. Really? Like we, um, we are currently actually, uh, myself, uh, coworker Dev and another coworker Daryl. And I think Brandon's helping out a little bit too. Uh, we've got, uh, some tools on the Trimark, uh, GitHub that help you actually do all that. We'll, you know, you have to install the, the windows VM VMs, but then, uh, you can just run a couple scripts and it'll create uh, very vulnerable uh, Active Directory setups for you to then just kind of poke around on. Um, another one that uh, I, I do not recommend, um, but I did this, <laughs> was uh, stand up an Active Directory uh, in your apartment with your two roommates and make them join your domain. Um, I did that and... Uh, <laughs> They, did, they didn't like that so much. <laughs> like, wait, you control our computers now? I'm like, yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's one way. <laughs> that's pretty funny. I also, um, honestly, just right now I'm going through, if you want to go through the offensive side of things, uh, I am currently going through the uh, Cyber Mentors uh, PMPT training. Mm -hmm. And the active or the Windows escalation, uh, privilege escalation course is teaching me things that I was not 100% aware of. Um, not that I wasn't aware of them, like the misconfigurations, you know, that, that cause the issues that are able to be uh, exploited. Totally aware of those. That's, that's what I look for every day in my job. But 
how and how that actually happens and why the things that we look for are bad until you actually get hands on and really break the stuff. That's, um, you don't really know, I guess I would say. Luckily in my previous job, I had people to just break it for me and then I would come back and fix it up. And yeah. <laughs> so, so as far as you'd mentioned PowerShell, so how important is PowerShell? Oh boy. I would not have my job without PowerShell. Um, we, we meant we do all of our custom tools internally uh, and uh, our tools for the longest time were just a set of PowerShell uh, scripts that, that Sean developed. Um, I mean, he stood up uh, Trimark as a company off of basically one giant script uh, that would collect and process and analyze data, uh, you know, kind of make it easier for then a human to go and read it. Cause as you're well aware, active directory is gigantic. Um, mm -hmm. and you don't need to look at every piece of it. Uh, but the pieces that you really need to look at sometimes are a little hard to find and why not pull those out, make it easier for a human to read. So, um, so all of our tools, at, for the longest time were, were just PowerShell based. Um, and now, uh, we are revamping all of those tools into more modern uh, tool sets. Uh, the tool that I use for the ADSA is written primarily in PowerShell, but also in we use a SQLite uh, backend now. And so I had approximately um, <laughs> approximately none. We can just say it rounded to none uh, experience in SQL. And over the last probably year, uh, really, really kind of am growing to love it. And I hate that I have said that. Um, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's that. Uh, and then, uh, you know, PowerShell then leads itself. What is it's just scriptable C sharp, right? So or scriptable.net. And so that's kind of C sharp is the next thing down the road. But yeah, like, I also uh, maintain a open source tool called locksmith, which is somewhat popular now at this point, um, which looks for Active Directory certificate services uh, misconfigurations, which we got a lot of tools out there that do that. You know, PSPKI audits and uh, certify and certify, and you know they've kind of shoehorned it into a lot of uh, other tools now at this point. But uh, we take the approach of not only finding what's wrong, but then also providing um, customized like snippets for your environment, like taking it specifically and giving you a one-liner that's going to you know pull off the the access control entries that are that are the issue or you know enable manager approval on a template that needs it and just i'm i'm creating a tool in powershell that i would have loved back when i was sysadmin i don't want to know what the hell all this stuff means you know <laughs> i don't want even now I'm, I'm sad that I have so much ADCS knowledge in my head. <laughs> I don't want to know it, but, uh, you know, but if somebody says, Hey, if you use this tool, you can run this and it's going to get you 95% of the way there of, of getting your, your, uh, ADCS dis, uh, installation secured, that would have been a godsend to me. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I know there are a lot of tool sets out there that do that and it, you know, people like CIS provide, you know, uh, group policy objects that you can apply to your environment that help you do things. But then you have to sort of understand if you're doing your due diligence, you need to roll through that all and figure out what all that means. And 
it it always seemed like too big of a lift. And this is mm -hmm. literally you run one command, it spits out a list. Go fix these things. Here you go. Here here's how you can fix it. So, yeah, PowerShell is. Um, are you familiar with a uh, Beto on security? The on yes. the Twitter account. Okay, yeah. so he he and I have become buddies, and uh, he has a PowerShell tattoo. I'm not quite <laughs> to that level, but yeah, PowerShell and I we're buddies. <laughs> and I, I mean, I greatly i I have a a a red teamer uh, named Spencer that works with me on Locksmith. He's part of our our core team. We got three guys: Spencer and Sam. Um, not Trimark employees. We just you know work on this. Yeah. When we can, I think I know the Spencer you're talking about too. Yeah, Tech Spence, right? Yeah, yep. yeah, yep, cool dude. Um, you know, he's he's straight up red teamer, he does internal, uh, you know, assume breach assessment or pen tests, mm -hmm. and bringing him in and having him work on it, and you know, having his PowerShell knowledge as a red teamer, I think it's a different, it's again, it's a different skill set, it's a different mindset. But it's, we just all love PowerShell. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That, yeah. That's good to hear because so, so many times you talk to people, they're talking about learning Python or Golang, which those are good languages. But if you're going to be working in a Windows environment, you might as well use uh, PowerShell. Well, yeah, especially if you're doing, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, the living off the land stuff that, that people are doing now, like, if you're dropped into an environment and you can't get your tools there, pretty good chance that PowerShell is probably still going to be enabled. And most environments, PowerShell 2 is probably allows all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but why, why not just learn it? Um, that being said, you know, I, I respect Python. Please don't make me ever work in it i, I don't want to <laughs> <laughs> i know that's that's your your language of choice though isn't it well kind of python or go golang but the interesting thing is it's funny how the security world's changed now when you mentioned powershell that's more you know specifics to window environments but i remember when i was first getting into security Perl was the predominant scripting language and then that quickly python took over you don't hear much about Perl anymore but Perl was popular back then <laughs> I was shocked. I saw uh, Python uh, as a uh, an answer on Jeopardy uh, a couple oh, months really? back. Oh, really? interesting. Yeah, they were just like I don't even remember what it was, but it showed the Python logo. Uh -huh. It was like basically, what is this? And yeah, the, of course, the the nerdy girl on on stage was like, "That's Python." <laughs> <laughs> just always interesting to see how the technology and security world when it creeps into to you know mainstream media. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's always funny too when you when you come across people that like you mention a word without thinking about it, or you just say, you know, oh, I work in cybersecurity, and then they're like, ooh, what is? Does that mean you're like breaking into breaking into banks, or you're you know working for the government? <laughs> no, it's mostly Excel. It really is. It's mostly Excel. <laughs> yeah, everyone asks that. And that's the the bad thing about the other disciplines in security is everyone from TV knows about the ethical hacking side, but a lot of people don't really think about the defender side sometimes. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's how do you make checking logs seem sexy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or following up on alerts. It's like, yeah, okay. Well, this, yeah. this one was nothing. And this one was nothing. And this one was nothing for, <laughs> you know, 
and then you get that six months later. Well, still nothing. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> well, we're getting down towards the end of the episode. Is there anything you'd like to share before we close out? Close it out. Uh, hmm. I do want to talk about how powerlifting actually also kind of taught me how to do research and how to learn. Okay. Because, I mean, you're a power lifter. Yep. I yep. power lift. You're stronger yep. than me, but <laughs> I'm going to get there. <laughs> um, when I started lifting, I literally like squatting, you know, the bar. Mm -hmm. And that was hard. Yeah. And I set a goal for myself of I'm eventually going to squat 315. You know, bench bench 225, squat 315, and, and deadlift 405. Mm -hmm. Two, three, four for, yeah. Two, two plates, three plates, four plates. Yeah. When you've got that 45-pound bar on your back, that is, that is eons away, you know? That's how. How does that happen? How are you going to do that? And it moves quickly. And, you know, in the beginning, you're learning learning how to move your body and you're learning how to how to kind of line everything up and it's you make some some big jumps really quick and same thing when i'm learning something new like big jumps real quick big jumps and then you hit that part where you've either hit your initial goal or you just kind of hit a plateau and this happens to me whenever i'm doing research on something i hit a point where i'm like i've got about 80 percent of the knowledge that i really want to know and like it really gets hard at that point. And mm -hmm. it got hard when I was powerlifting. It got hard every time. And then, but what powerlifting taught me was you get out there and you do the work. You do the work It 80% of the time, it's going to neither be great or bad. It's just going to be work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's a small gain. Sometimes it's a slightly smaller gain. <laughs> but usually if you're out there working, it's you're going to progressively, you know, build up over time. And then eventually you're going to look back and see. Holy hell, you know, like I just put 425 pounds on my back and went down into a squad and came back up like what <laughs> what just happened? And it's been sort of the same way with the way that I learn things is like. On on weekends, I like to work my brain. I don't I don't lift on weekends. I just I work my brain. I wake up at the same time, and just like I would go work out, mm -hmm. I go and I work out my brain for a little while. And I think that little bit of just like I'm just going to learn one more tiny little piece of information. Now I look back and I'm like, even even my time in, in Trimark, looking back to the two years ago when I started, I'm a, a completely different animal as far as what I know about security in general and Active Directory specifically. So, um, and every time that I get frustrated when I am learning something new, for example, right now working on, uh, we have a, a, a SaaS product coming out uh, beginning of next year called Trimark Vision, which is going to look at like Active Directory and compare it across forests. And it's kind of like a hygiene plus um, risk level of all your forests that you have in your environment. And I'm, assisting with some of that as well. 
but like it's written in a completely different language. It's written in NoSQL. You have to do queries against the Cosmo database. And like, I, I don't, this, it doesn't, it's not jiving for me. <laughs> it's not working, but I'm yeah. still going in there. And every once in a while, you know, like I'll work for an hour. And then at the end of that hour, I've got a small sliver more of knowledge in my brain. So I guess what I'm really trying to get at is like, do the work, put in a little bit of work every day. And before you know it, you're, you're going to be to your goal or past your goal. And just, it wouldn't have felt like it doesn't really feel like anything. So that's, that's what I like to say. Yeah. That, that's a good analogy in comparison. Cause one of the things you got to look at too, and you look at compared to, to lifting, if you try to go, if you think you're going to speed it up by training really super heavy or, you know, at the verge of overtraining, you're going to get injured. You're going to, to you're going to get burnt out. You're going to give up. And same thing like train with, with learning. If you're trying to do that every day, putting in a lot of hours, not to say you can't put in some time every day, but if you try to overdo it, it gets to be a point where you're not focusing, you, you're not learning, you get burnt out. And so it's, I like the, the way you're doing that. Yeah. I'm actually, um, Oh shoot. I probably need to submit that today. <laughs> uh, hackers teaching hackers that we're going to submit a lightning talk for them to, to kind of talk about what, uh, what lifting weights taught me about, uh, yeah, about, about learning basically. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they closed today. So I got to go uh, get that finished. Thanks for joining. It's been a great conversation. I'm sure that the listeners are going to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and if people want to find me, uh, they can on Twitter dot, dot, dot horse. Um, I don't really do the Twitter as much except for Trimark um, stuff. Uh, and then uh, horse on InfoSec Exchange. So that's that's where I'm there most of the time. So we'll be sharing your social media with the listeners so they can easily find that and reach out to you. Sweet. Love to love to chat. I'm on LinkedIn too, but um, why? You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's again, I, I mostly post locksmith stuff there and I'm just like, hey, yeah. we did another release. So yeah. But yeah, I'd love to to chat with anybody. Um, yeah, anybody about about generally anything. So yeah. Very cool. Reach so you're gonna be at DEF CON? I'm not going to DEF CON. Um I'm going to both uh, Blue Team Con and speaking at Wild West Hackenfest. So okay. I don't like to be away from my family that much. Um, yeah, and if I'm not speaking somewhere, like it's really tough for me to get away. Uh, Blue Team Con, though, I kind of consider my, my home con, even though it's uh, about a four-hour drive away. Uh, it's just I went there before I was actually a Trimark employee and uh, met Sean for the first time there. Uh, you know, I was hired and I was like, I know you're at this conference and would it be weird for me to come say hi, even though, you know, <laughs> I haven't started yet. He's like, nah, come on. I got a ticket for you. I'm like, all right, cool. So, but yeah, it's always, uh, have you been to blue team con yet? I don't think you have. No, I haven't. I I'd like to check it out sometime. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah. It's very, very low key. Like the, always great speakers, like always great speakers. Um, you know, Alyssa and uh, malware Jake last year did like a back to back, you know, how hackers can teach to or talk to talk to the C-suite kind of talks. And mm -hmm. that sort of stuff is, I think, where we really need to to build out. So I know you've done a couple of talks like that, too, right? Like transferring hacker speak into into business speak a little bit. Now, I've really touched on that, but I do see the, the importance. Some of the things that I'm 
planning to work on is some talks around to explaining the offensive side to people where either management can understand it better or practitioners that deal with offensive security. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, it's very important. Very important. So yep. yeah, those are the cons I'm going to probably going to go at hackers teaching hackers. If I can get my CFP in it quick enough. <laughs> <Very cool. laughs> and that one's only, that one's only a couple hour drive for me. So like I oh, can go nice. down in the same day and, and uh, yeah, I live in, in, rural Ohio. So there's not really a lot around me as far as cons go, but yeah, yeah. I'm sure you'll see a lot of the Trimark staff out there. I know Danny, Sean, um, I'm sure Daryl and, and Thomas and uh, so there will be people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Met, get to see, uh, meet Daryl in person at, at while was hacking fest last year and then met Sean there for the first time. I was familiar with Sean, just never had met Sean. Sure. You had Daryl yeah. on, um, a, sh a show at your uh, the former show that will be not will not be yes. named right <laughs> yeah yeah he was on the on on the, the hacker factory before so yeah yeah that yep. was a good guy uh, we yeah it was uh, a great episode that yeah. those are always fun when you, someone just says hey you need to interview this person you've never met them before you're totally not aware and then you meet them and they're really awesome people I mean that's those yeah. those are fun yeah good dude good dude I like Daryl yeah. I I uh, I talked him into joining Trimark. Um, I mean, it took took about two two months of uh, of uh, LinkedIn chat and got him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're mine, buddy. <laughs> Very cool. So, so thanks again. Appreciate you joining yeah. today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Phil. It was, it was a great time. Thank and thank you for listening to the Philip Wiley Show. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, to learn more about Philip, go to thehackermaker.com and connect with him on LinkedIn and Twitter at Philip Wiley. Until next time.